0: Welcome everyone to this special episode of Startup Africa Talks. Today we present a remarkable story. Our conversation with Usman Umar, founder of Nasco Feeding Minds and Nasco Tech, also author of the book Viaje al País de los Blancos, who will walk us through his journey along the world's most dangerous migrant route. From Ghana in West Africa to Spain in Europe, Surviving the perils of the desert, imprisoned for several years in Libya, and eventually sailing the Mediterranean Sea and landing in Spain five years later. He will explain how he ended up funding Nascotech, which has trained more than 20,000 students throughout 11 ICT centers in Ghana, providing equipment, knowledge, and as we will learn internet connectivity for free. Joining the conversation, there is also Donald DeWitt, business development manager for Cisco. For those of you who don't know, Cisco is among the world's leaders in ICT technologies. And I have to admit, they behaved like a leader in today's story. Taking the stand and supporting Usman in his journey to make digital education more accessible in Ghana, we believe this is a great example of collaboration for impact-driven solution. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Usman and Donald. There are plenty of takeaways and cues for further reflection. We hope you can make the effort and listen carefully also when the sound clarity is not perfect. Let us know what you think through our social media channels and thanks again for tuning in. Hello, Usman, and thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, from It's a huge opportunity for me anytime I have the chance to share this experience, this story with our audience so thank you for the opportunity and on the other side
0: donald de witt thanks for joining us and what's your relation with africa
2: thank you for the invitation hence the reason of my connection with africa was i had the opportunity to live for a year in south africa since then each time going back to africa Gives that special connection. They say that Africa has a certain smell, and I can only confirm this each time uh, that I go back. I've been in several regions. It has that connection that you feel back with it, and I believe that's the reason. Thanks
0: a lot, Donald. We are trying to bring this smell, this scent of Africa, today with us through the story of Usman. And well, I'm very curious to learn from his words how Nasco was born and how he ended up founding a company in Barcelona to educate students in Ghana. So, Usman, tell us a bit more. What's the story behind Nasco? Where did it start? I repeat for all the listeners that the website is
1: nascoict.org. The fact is that. NASCO Feeding Mind was founded eight years ago. That was since 2012. And the main objective of NASCO Feeding Mind is to give access to information so people, youth in Ghana especially, could get access to the right information to develop their own future in their hometowns, instead of risking their life seeking for wealth, in Europe, in other countries, whereby more than 90% of people who risk their life end up dying on the way, just like I did myself when I was 12 to 18 years. So the story of NASCO is mainly started, everything started based on my life experience. As I mentioned, I left Ghana when I was 12 years, seeking for the Europe dream. I felt in the hands of human traffickers and I promised I had to cross the whole of North Africa by foot, five good years in horrible hell. I still feel it impossible to be here today alive. I remember we was abandoned in middle of the Sahara Desert from Niger, our idea was to cross To Libya because my dream was to go to the white man's country due to curiosity I wanted to be anything less than being black. The saddest part of the story is that out of 46 people we were abandoned in the Sahara Desert, three good weeks later only six survived. Not talking about the extra dead bodies we found on our way. Who wasn't our group? The real hell exists in this planet. After 21 good days, whereby I had to drink my own urine to survive, I ended up in Libya during Muammar al-Gaddafi's dictator. Being black and alive was almost a crime. Just imagine 13 years boy having to survive Every day, I stayed for four good years in this situation. Finally, I was able to raise thousand eight hundred US dollars after four years. I end up falling in the trap of this human traffickers again for the second time. We were told it would take us only forty five minutes from Tripoli, the capital of Libya, to Europe. I end up three good months again crossing Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, Mauritania, and Western Sahara, finally with a very small boat to cross the Mediterranean Sea. I can assure you that more than 150 people of my colleagues with whom I was uh, trying to cross the sea with lost their lives. I still do not know how to swim and imagine Without knowing how to stream, sitting on a very small boat during 48 good hours, it was really, really horrible. So, after all this journey, I ended up in Barcelona and I was so fortunate that in 2005, I ended up here in Barcelona with 17 years without families, without mobile phones, without any single thing. I was almost an illiterate.
0: Sorry, it was I Stop you here, because well, I believe that well, these memories, the, these memories about this journey will never leave you. I I just want to highlight one one thing that you said. You said yeah. being black and alive was a crime. This is the kind of feeling that we also experience sometimes, somewhere here in Europe. So you to summarize to our listeners. You said that you started your trip. When you were thirteen, in Ghana, and you ended up when you were seventeen, exactly, with no money, with uh, no education, I was illiterate. So, what did you do? How did you survive,
1: Francesc, I promise you, I ne- I had never felt so lonely in the whole trip until my first two months in the city of Barcelona. Neither the desert, I felt so lonely because I had my five colleagues out of the 46 died. So I had five other colleagues who was together with me. So at least I have someone to talk to. I promise you my my first two months in Barcelona, nobody looked into my eyes. Nobody answered my greetings. I was invisible in the city and I slept on the streets. I was so lucky and so fortunate that a woman just stood in front of me. I was just sitting by the roadside and something just told me, Usman, get, stand up and go and talk to this woman. I just ran after her. She stood up and I started talking to her, telling her who I was and I wanted to go to Red Cross. She couldn't understood anything from me because she speaks only Spanish and Catalan. She took her phone, called her husband because the husband speaks English and gave me the phone to talk with her husband. Of course, it, was, it wasn't a short process. It was quite a long process, but finally they end up adopting me as my, my adopted parents until I, I completed 18 years. So that's how I became a born again. I realized that the white people, they are not pilots just because of the color of their skin, but there's something called education. So I started reading and write at the age of almost 18. And I'm really happy that today, even though people wasn't, no one was trusting that I could able to fulfill my university my basic education, today I'm. I can say that I have a degree, a master's degree from one of the best universities here in Barcelona. So I just want to share my luck with the most necessary, the most vulnerable, especially the youth from my country. So that's how I decided that, okay, the reason why I felt in this trap, this horrible hell is due to lack of education, lack of information. The solution to migration exists, but it's not in Europe. Neither is in the Mediterranean Sea, but it's in the origin, in the source root of the problem. That's how I thought the best I could do for my people is to give them the key, which is digital education. today. If you are a developer, you can work from any corner of the world. So in 2012, I thought the best I could do was creating computer schools. The Minister of Education, I remember he told me, Ghana government don't have 12,000 euros to establish the first pilot project of the NASCAR feeding mines. This was definitely a disgusting for me, but I realized that I am the minister of education of my country. I'm the president of my world. Just like any of us, we are the presidents of our world. We need to assume this responsibility, at least to make just a small action, to change a small part of this, our world. First of all, I have to
0: thank you because you are highlighting the importance of education, which is something that many of us just take for granted because we have it in Europe and we have a very high standard of education. So we just take it for granted. So when you realize that education could be key and has been key to your experience to upgrade and uplift your life standard. You decided that you wanted to do this also for your brother in Ghana, right? Exactly. And how did you start it? You were alone or you shared this idea or you just did everything by yourself. Tell us a bit more.
1: The main idea of the NASCAR Feeding Month started the first night I slept in my first adopted parents' home. I still remember this first night, I couldn't close my eyes for just a single minute. I cried the whole night, why me, Why? what have I done wrong? Why, if everything was automatically granted that these people was here waiting for me, they are my parents, what is the necessity? Why have I had to suffer during all these five years of horrible journey? So I end up in the morning thinking that, Osman, you don't have to ask why or start crying. And no, ask what can you do with all the experience you've acquired during this horrible five years journey. I realized that my mission is to give voice to all my colleagues who couldn't make it to Europe and to be able to share their life Experience today with the world. Secondly, to solve the migration problem at source by feeding people's minds there, giving them the right information and education. So, of course, when I started, the first person I contacted was my younger brother, who was in the mood of selling all the crops he cultivated and every single thing he has to also. Go to the desert and cross to Libya, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and finally come to Spain to do the same trip that you that you did, right? To, exactly. To journey. What did you tell if, him? I told him the great paradise, the wonderful future, is in his head and his community. So he just needs to feed his mind and the wonderful future will come in his own country. He have to create this wonderful future. I promise you, Francis. what I saw with my naked eyes, both in the desert, in the prisons of Libya, and finally in the Mediterranean Sea, I had to do everything to avoid Banasco to also fail in that horrible tribe. So I was able to convince him. I tell him every single truth on the journey and promise him that yes, if you want to feed your mind, you have my 100% support, but I will not feed your stomach. I will not send you money. If you want to feed your mind, you can count on me. He understood the message. And I'm really proud that today, I remember last Monday was general elections in Ghana. Francis, can you imagine that this boy that 14 years ago he was in need he was in the mood to cross the mediterranean sea and the desert today he is the youngest parliamentary candidate in the history of ghana will you believe that he's one of the hundreds of fascinating achievements the feeding minds organization have made and that's why we really need support to really encourage more people to sustain what we've done, to really make real changes and provide solutions to migration, illegal migration especially.
0: That's amazing, Guzman. You gave him information, precious information about Europe, about your experience, and you made him change his perspective about Europe and 14 years later now is a member
1: of the parliament. I, I believe this is a wonderful success story. It's not just being a member of parliament, but the youngest parliamentary candidate in the history of the whole country. This means that he's a real attraction for the youth of the country. Yeah, it's also People, an inspiration for others, correct. Exactly, which is the, one of the most important things to light out because other young people see that, yes, if I feed my mind, if I study, I can also create opportunity in my own hometown, in my country. I should be the leader of this change. And that's,
0: that's the message that we want to also to give to our listeners. Try to leverage the expertise and the things that you have. Just don't find happiness on the other side of the mountain. So how... NASCO is doing right now, and what did you achieve in, during this year
1: of entrepreneurship? Currently, we've established 11 ICT centers being used by more than 30 schools in the North Savannah region of Ghana. Since we started, almost 20,000 students have passed through our computer labs. And the most interesting and fascinating part of this is that we just We are in the process of creating a social company called Nascotech, code made in Africa. We think that talent has no color. And we are really proud that after almost eight good years of computer education, we really can count on people who are really good developers. So our mission right now is to be able to make it a reality and Here comes the great support and acknowledgement I would like to enlighten to Cisco for giving us this opportunity to be able to achieve their support to make this social company a reality, especially from Donald, our main contact, who have been helping us for the last two, three years to fit our connection with Cisco Systems.
0: Usman for giving me the possibility to introduce Donald, who, as I said before, is working with Cisco since a very long time. Donald, how Cisco? Well, I know that Cisco has its own uh, online academy. I know that Cisco has been involved since a long time in uh, this kind of project. But how? How did you get involved with Nasco, and how? Usman gained trust, your trust?
2: Well, in fact, I started uh, to know Uzman when he presented his book that he wrote about his story, which is called To the Land of the White Men. And I went to the presentation of his book and I really got impacted with the story as well, because I always say we live in a, in a small world. I, I know his, uh, his mother, mother. Because she is a member of a social club for uh, elder people, and I have given there some classes for working secure in the internet to elder people, and so the, the the combination of both was led me in knowing Usman. But as well, according to your story, what drives drove me is really that the message that connect with Cisco is ICT. And IT skills, and we know that there is a big demand for IT skills. And moving this then to to Africa and in specific to Ghana in a region where there are opportunities, that was for me the big reason to push that that project and, and help more where we can as a, as a company.
0: And Donald, when would you say that these partnership with Nasco has been a success for you. So how would you define success?
2: Well, I, I think there's so much to do in, in the project and, and, and let maybe give some, some insights. The biggest challenge for online education is having online connectivity and having internet connectivity in, in a rural area in the north of Ghana is very difficult. And so we now, at the stage that we have an agreement with a satellite internet provider. Cisco has now done a big donation of network equipment to connect these uh, training centers to the internet. We're now planning uh, to go to Ghana in the coming months to connect all the gear and work on phase one. Phase one for for education, and certainly nowadays, is internet connectivity. Secondly, once you have that connectivity, you have to have a good education program. And there comes in Cisco, the Network Academy. And so we're ramping up several teachers to be able to give uh, training. But it's not only the Cisco education that is important, it's IT education in general. And as Usman mentioned, he has uh, already several good programmers there, uh, people that uh, had the opportunity to go to the university. And so there is the the second point that we're working on is giving these people the opportunities in graduate programs and so reaching out to companies to uh, give these people the opportunity for the practice because it's good that you can study. It's good that through the uh, scholarship program, because that's another point, uh, NASCO, so the students that go into these training centers and we see that there are potential good people through a um, scholarship program, we will then pay their university degree. And so that's where we look as well in the donations to pay these universities degrees. But it's good that you have a university degree if you can't practice. And so then it's where we reach out to companies and say, are there opportunities for apprenticeships? Are there opportunities for graduate programs Uh, so that they can get the experience? And then the third part is, as Usman explained, that the creation of the social business NascoTech, and is then generating opportunities to work out of Ghana. Because the goal is that people should not leave their country for opportunities. When, when there is that conversation about immigration, we don't have to solve the problem when the people are here. We have to solve the problem in the country. And that is what we want to do with NASCO.
0: Donald, I totally agree with you as a human, as an Italian and as a European. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that when, as you perfectly said, we should find the way to rise opportunities locally in Africa, this is also one of the goal of the Startup Africa Non-Profit Association. Now I would like to ask another question to Usman. Usman, how do you see your company in a post-pandemic
1: economy? Definitely the situation of the pandemic effect in general is drastic. And especially in Africa, Ghana, as a country, it's really sad to see the way the pandemic situation have impacted the economy. And of course, our schools have also suffered. Or oh, we have to focus our our little economic effort to deal with the coronavirus situations. And especially we don't receive funds from any government since we started. So we all we've achieved have been due to the support of good people who really trust and believe that our focus, the mission of our initiative is in the right place. So they just become partners or they just make donations on through our website. And with that, we've been able to create all these schools we've done so far. So definitely the situation is quite tight. And of course, and we really count on all listeners of this podcast that if they really want think that the solution of migration is at source and is through education, they shouldn't hesitate to hand give us their support through our website so we can sustain and keep on improving our mission in Ghana. And in the near future, we hope to be able to extrapolate it to other places. But at the moment, we need support to sustain our schools. That will be be amazing. I hope you can achieve it.
0: And for our listener, I repeat your website, www.nascoict.org. Now a question for both of you guys, Donald and Usman. (laughs) The question is, what advice would you give to our listeners?
2: I, I think the, from from a corporate, I'm very, very fortunate to, to work for Cisco. Cisco is a company that has a really strong program of uh, volunteering in fact fe- in fact, it promotes employees to do volunteering work, okay And uh, we get five days a year to to do activities uh, during working hours. There are so many activities and, and, and I really promote people to volunteer in, in projects like, like this. But as well, my call out and my request specific is, is if anyone that is listening has opportunities for apprenticeships, has opportunities for graduate programs where we can bring these people in to get experience. Okay. That is really where we'll be looking for. Donations are good. Money is needed. Uh, we use them for paying the scholarships, but as well having the opportunity for work. If companies are needing for coding, that we can offer from remote. We are in a virtual world today. Internet uh, is coming everywhere. And so we can offer work out of Ghana. And And, and these are my two main balances give the people the opportunity to practice, give people the opportunity to work. Great, wise words, Donald.
1: I will just try to summarize it and make a long story very short because I think what I've experienced as a social entrepreneur for all these years have been the fact that each and every one of us, we need to take action. We need to think, globally but we need to act locally if you can't fly run and if you can't run walk if you can't walk stroll but always keep moving to be the change you want to see in your world for me it's really really important to take action
2: Cisco, as well, one of the fr- when you asked me at the beginning what was that impacted you to work with and support Usman? one of his closure phrases that he used, and he said, I will repeat my story until there are no much such stories to tell anymore. And, and that was really an impacting phrase for me, okay? Because you can only, by explaining what happened, is stopping people coming to hear.
0: Well, I, I believe so, and I believe that today we had plenty of wise messages and takeaway. And I would love to stay longer with you, but our time is up for this today's episode. It has been a pleasure to listen to Usman's story and to Donald's perspective. I'm sure our listeners extracted a lot of value from our conversation. I really thank you again for your time, Donald E. Do you want to say our some
2: closing words? Well, I can only say thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the visibility of our project and i look forward as well to give an update of our progress made when we will go to ghana in a couple of months installing the network giving them the connectivity to the world
1: all right thank you very much francis i really appreciate your opportunity and thanks to the our audience all the listeners for giving giving us your time i really appreciate it and hoping to meet you uh, in in the near future all the best thank you thanks to you guys stay safe and take care you